Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. everyone, um, welcome to Birdland tonight, um, the official interactive Orioles postgame show. And how are you doing, Joe? Tough loss. I'm doing good, Mike. Tough loss by those, but you know what? They got tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new game. Let's just focus on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were definitely some positives to take from this game, um, but unfortunately, uh, just didn't end the way we wanted with, you know, Valdez blowing the save there in the ninth inning, and then Tate, um, throwing the pass ball and then walking a couple guys, giving up the hit. Um, just didn't go as planned, but definitely an exciting game. Yeah, absolutely. The best moment, I think, of all was seeing Trey go yard and then Santander, the next step back, go yard. And that was just great seeing Trey get back into his groove of things and, you know, his first home run back since obviously overcoming colon cancer. Yeah, and uh, there, that was just such a great moment. Um, you know, Mancini hit the home run, as he said, with a wonderful approach on an inside pitch, taking it opposite field, hitting it like 111, 112 miles an hour. Um, and then Santander giving him a hug right afterwards, you know, with this incredible moment, as you said, overcoming colon cancer. And then literally 20 seconds later, Santander hits the ball in the right field. And, you know, I was going crazy and so were the fans then. It was just great to feel that energy in Oriole Park, even though we didn't come away with the yeah, being at opening day myself on Thursday, seeing the standing ovation Mancini got during the pregame ceremonies and then before his first at-bat, it was just like really amazing to see someone how, yeah, we're rivals with the Red Sox on the field, but off the field, it's like it, we're community and just seeing everyone support him because cancer is not easy to overcome whatsoever. So just seeing him fight and fight and fight and to be able to play baseball still and then hit a home run, what else can you ask for? Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Like, as he's saying, it feels like he never left, and it really doesn't look like he's left. Um, I mean, his performance overall in the season hasn't been amazing, but he hasn't looked bad. And then, yeah, not at bad today. He looked amazing as he hit the home run. Um, and he hit that shot down the line when the bases were loaded. I was hoping he would hit a grand slam there. And – at the time, I was like, oh, well, well, we're still winning, and I bet we're going to win because we have all this momentum. Um, but unfortunately, we actually really could have used that hit um, to give us some insurance runs. As yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, ninth inning came, we gave up that run, and then Dylan Tate comes in the 10th and gives up another run, and I think it was LeBlanc that gave up the other run too, which gave him up two runs, five to three, so – you know, sometimes those late game situations are what really can turn the game around, and the O's just got to work on that come tomorrow and the rest of the season. Yeah, and um, as we were talking about, um, you know, before the show, we had a little bit of a conversation. Um, that whole rundown situation in the top of the first inning, right, where mm -hmm. Cisco picks the guy off, actually 
makes an amazing throw to Mancini, um, picks the guy off, and then they get into a rundown. And, you know, it's really – watching on TV, it's, like, really exciting. Like, oh, they got this guy in a rundown. They picked him off. Like, this is great. But then um, I think it was Bogarts actually ends up scoring on the play all the way from second base. So as good of a job as Cisco did on that play, um, he really should have been communicating to the team, you know, Bogarts is coming home, throw it to me like right now. And it's just amazing how sometimes those basic things can be missed um, by even major leaguers. Yeah, you know, sometimes communication with teammates is obviously huge. And that was just a mishap they had. Um, you know, things happened. Unfortunately, that was one of the things that went wrong on our side. Um, I guess it's just communication with it's like outfielders when you see them there's a fly out they all like signal to each other like hey we have two outs or one out but like even yeah. like you know the catcher being the one most important positions you know she probably could have done a better job but also at the same time it's you also got to take um and factor into the first and second baseman communicating with each other hey we also got to remember there's a guy on third that can score so you yeah. know communication is just so key in everything you know yeah. me working in sports seeing that in basketball and it relates to every sport and especially baseball, you know, you gotta be communicating, but it happens. They just got to move on and focus on the next at bat, next pitch. Yeah. And yeah, definitely communication is always key in any situation, you know, it kind of shows why sports, you know, sometimes reflect on life. Um, but yeah, we got a couple of comments coming in here. AJ saying we might be drafting ahead of the Red Sox, you know, saying we probably are worse than them, which, you know, the projection showed and, We've kind of showed these last two games, oh, maybe we're not a team that will continually sweep the Red Sox. And then Robbie saying, you know, things could get missed by major leaguers, like how many outs? So, yeah, I mean, we have lost to the Red Sox twice, but it's not like they've looked amazing. I mean, they almost messed up, like you were just saying, communicating in the outfield. Um, they had that triangle play with Marwin Gonzalez, Bogarts, and um, I believe Devers was the other player in there, and they all almost collided and somehow made that catch. And then again, awesome. Devers, sorry, just Devers, um, you know, didn't make the tag on that stolen base and thought there were three outs and just tried to walk off the field. So, yeah, communication again in those situations. Man, I thought that ball was going to drop. I was like, oh, we're going to hit. And I'm like, nope, not. Looks like we're not. But, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it feels like it's that Orioles luck that just can't get past sometimes. It's just – it's frustrating, but like I said, moving on, next at bat, next guy. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just like a more of a like, you know, realistic like, hey, you know, things happen, and we just got to – they just got to move on. That's all they got to do. Yeah, and, well, hopefully they can salvage the series um, or at least one win in the series tomorrow with Jorge Lopez on the mound. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But, can I uh, yeah, yeah. Can um I think this um Bruce Zimmerman did a really good job. I know he gave up three runs, but to give up two in the first inning, you know, first you know starting off you know two runs, and then we then we come back scored two in the first, and then he went was like four or five innings where he just was phenomenal. Even though he got a lot of flyouts, he didn't give up any runs. So he actually played a really good in game, in my opinion. And also, fun fact. He actually went to my church, and he actually lives in the same city as I do. So pretty cool knowing a major leaguer that lives in the same city. And Paul Blair, but when unfortunately right before he passed, he lived in the same city as I do, as I do right now. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, mm -hmm. did you like see him at church growing up? 
Yeah, I saw him in church a handful of times. That's I never had, intera- never had an interaction with him, but hopefully maybe I'll reach out to him through either Twitter or Instagram saying, hey, you know, I went to church with you. Yeah. I was an old, you know, you know, I worked in worked the church. And maybe he'll say, yeah, I'd love to join Berlin tonight. Maybe we can get him on as a guest. That'll be oh, pretty that cool. That would be fantastic. And yeah, I, I think like his story is just so great um, and sort of inspiring as someone who grew up playing in Maryland as an Orioles fan. Um, and yeah, just seeing all the pictures that Masson showed of him growing up, going to Camden Yards, like all of us fans, um, was just really cool. And like you said, I, I thought he performed well. Um, he had three earned runs charged to him, but it really should have just been two earned runs because of that whole rundown play we were just talking about. And he only had one walk, and he also only had one walk in his last start against the Red Sox. So honestly, like for our young starting staff, that's what I like to see is not walking too many batters and um, yeah, just really having control and location with their fastball um, and their other secondary pitches. You remember what Gary Thorne said at the end of the 2019 season about us just being patient, patient, patient. Yeah. That's it. It relates to right now too. And it's just like, yeah, we just gotta definitely. be patient and know we're, they're yeah. young, like with Mountcastle, McKenna, all these guys that are really young. It's just patience with them. It, mm-hmm. Think of it as like a little kid. It just takes time for them to develop and learn new skills and to expertise their craft. So just patience. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there are some great signs from Zimmerman, Justin, and stuff too. Um, I was doing some research on baseball savant. And, um, you know, his changeup, he got Vasquez with it one time. I think Dahlbeck another time. Um you know, it's, it's a really impressive pitch just by the eye, but when you do the research, it also adds up because it has four inches more of movement compared to the average major league pitcher. Um, and I thought it was interesting how, although he only throws at 91 miles per hour, his fastball really seemed to play up. And I think it has a lot to do with the movement on that changeup because the hitters are constantly, you know, peeking around, waiting for it to come. And then all of a sudden, that 91 looks a lot faster Um when it's not dropping compared to the changeup, that's a bit slower and drops a lot. Yeah. Zimmerman, you know, being one of the few lefties, I think starting, if I'm not mistaken, you know, he's one of the, he's got a lot of potential. I really do believe that, you know, seeing a guy coming in, coming in with his hometown team, you know, he's probably got a lot of nerves because he's, this is his first home game, like underneath, with fans, yeah. had, I'm assuming he had family and friends in attendance. I, I, the, yeah, that's fine. And just that that that's nervous already. And for him to give up two runs, but then keep that composure and go a couple innings with no runs, I'll, I'm not gonna lie, uh, Mike, that was pretty impressive. Oh yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think there are just so many great signs about Zimmerman. And it's definitely interesting how he really wasn't a, a big prospect. I mean, he was always on the top 30 list, but he was never like a um, Grayson Rodriguez or D.L. Hall, who you always heard about. We always knew he was lurking there, but yeah, he's really done a great job and showed a lot of composure, as you said. And I think the lack of walks so far this season really shows you know, that he has the nerves to deal with this pressure. Um, and yeah, on the other side, uh, Garrett Richards, you know, he definitely looked very beatable in his first start against us when we scored six runs on him specifically, and then 10 in the game. Um, But yeah, he looked rather hittable today. I think we just had a little bit of trouble, you know, really stringing a few hits together. Um, But, you know, AJ's in here with another comment, making a good point about how Cedric Mole 
Mullins took a long time to develop and look at him now, but you know, Hayes is unfortunately hurt again. Um, the fact that Mullins going, I think two for four, I know he had two hits today, isn't even a big story. Just shows how well he's been performing this year. Yeah. I'm really impressed with Cedric. I think he's doing phenomenal. Um, He's just maybe, you know, one of the things like still developing his arm, um, obviously he doesn't have one of the strongest arms, but man, is he just really impressive right now. He's probably one of the best Orioles on the team right now. I think he's on a hot streak. He's cause he just extended his hit streak today with his like a yeah. second at bat. And that's just impressive from last season. Yeah. Yeah. Man, no, I, I definitely, yeah, I will say about the arm, you know, there was definitely one play today. Um, I forget who was running for the Red Sox where I thought if Hayes was out there, he maybe could have thrown the guy out at home. But other than that, yeah, I mean, he really has all the tools, definitely the speed. He has some surprising pop. I mean, he had a double today, mostly just because he's so quick. Um, but yeah, he really has, you know, all the skills to be a fantastic leadoff hitter um, for now and for the future. And yeah, I'm definitely really excited to see how he's doing. Masson put up a really good statistic today saying how he covers like 28 feet per second, which is like most in the, on the team when he's running. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And that's definitely up there in terms of the league too. I think Trey Turner is, you know, always the fastest guy and he's usually around like 30 feet per second at his absolute peak. So yeah, doing that out in center field is just so impactful for our defense. And another guy who is really, you know, running around and making some plays on defense today is yet again, Rio Ruiz, um, you know, maybe not the best offensively this year, but has actually done a fantastic job at second base. Um, the one play where he was running back and caught it backwards um, was a 470 expected batting average. So there was half a chance that that was going to fall in to be a hit. But then the other play where he went into the hole and took it in front of Galvis and threw the guy out, um, I think it was a Bogart's hit. Um, was an 870 expected batting average. So, yeah, he's really, you know, helping out our pitchers. Yeah, I like Rio. I think he's doing a really good job right now, playing really good defensively, um, can improve batting. I, don't, I know his, I think his batting average is like right below 200, um, 200. But you know what? Like I said, just patience. I'm a big patience guy, just trying to build yeah. on that. So if you couldn't get that from the show, just trying to say patience. But you know what? I remember going in here into the season being like, you know what? I know it's the Orioles. I know what Fangraph said, but you know what? If you, I believe if you go into something negative, a negative result's going to happen. If you go into something positive, there's a good chance something positive will happen. So, I mean, I also want to, but now get to a different point. When you're talking about arms, look at DJ Stork when he had that one really good relay. And then um, who was it? Galvis that cut it off and threw it to Cisco, and he Cisco just did a great job blocking the plate. That yeah, was no, impressive. That was a fantastic play, and those are the plays that I really love. Like when Santander um, threw the guy out at home against the Yankees to end the game. I, I love those relay throws. I think they're the, honestly like they might be the most thrilling part of the game for me. Um, and yeah, I, I thought he did a good job defensively on that play. Um, he had that really clutch double. Um, in the bottom of the eighth where we ended up taking the lead. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely think he's been doing a great job. And, yeah, I thought it was interesting that he made his first start and his name is DJ, but J.D. Martinez was out on the other side, which is like the inverse of his initials, um, which definitely, you know, impacted the Red Sox offense, but they were still able to score enough runs. 
But yeah, PJ, that's another guy who you have to preach patience with. He came up in 2018, and now last year and this year, we're finally seeing, oh, maybe he has some talent. I like DJ Store. I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, I remember seeing him in a game in Bowie, I want to like a few years back. Um, and I just, you know, seeing him play, I was like, wow, this guy could be good for the Orioles years to come. And look at him now. Yeah. You heard the story about this morning. I think it was this morning where he was supposed to be driving a buoy with his wife and he made like a wrong turn. She's like, where are you going? He's like, oh yeah, I meant to tell you I'm, I'm, I'm activated right now. And she was like, so yeah. happy. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. I can't even imagine how that must feel like knowing that you're not only going to be in the minor leagues, but not even be playing in games where people can watch you at the alternate site versus going to Baltimore and playing in a you know super important game with 10,000 fans for the first time in two years. Yeah, that must have just been an amazing feeling. AL East is not an easy division. I can tell you that no, right definitely now. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, and another guy who, you know, going back to your theme of patience, who I think we've need to had a lot of we've needed to have a lot of patience with is Tanner Scott. Um, you know, he has developed nicely. Um, He's been around for a while. I remember watching him in the Futures game for the first time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he looks great tonight, and I think he's developed very well. Yeah, he's one of the pitchers that we've had for a while, like a few for a few years, excuse me. And, first of all, I think AJ's really bringing up some really good comments, and I think that he's he makes a lot of really good points. And, you know, Tanner Scott, his, his first game of the year, I'm almost certain, was opening day. And um, I remember we were – I think we – I got a little nervous that opening day game um, when we were at the Red Sox, like the actual MLB opening day. And, yeah, yeah. you know, you know I, I I think he's probably one of the better bullpen pitchers we have. Obviously, Dylan Tate today really struggled. Cesar Valdez struggled, obviously, get blowing a save. And, you know, I think bullpen's going to be something that's going to be talked about throughout our show for a while, seeing we needing a lot of improvements. But – um, you know, just like you said, working with the pitching coach on figuring out, you know, <clears throat> rather scouting, seeing where guys are hot and cold, you know, working on the pitch breaks and all that. Um, so I just think right now, if I'm, if I'm Dylan Tate right now, I'm just trying to take a deep breath and just say, you know what? Yeah, I, I played bad, but you know what? Next game. And I know I've been I know I've been dwelling on next game this whole this whole um, post game show, but it's just I I've just seen it and I I guess it's just seeing people and how it can really affect you, relaying it into so many different situations, but especially sports. Like so many people will dwell on the last play and it affects the next couple plays, and that next couple plays are so important. Every play is so important. Every pitch, every at bat, it's just so important and. You know, when I watch MLB games, and I'm like, ah, it's, I used to think, eh, one game, it's all good. Now it's like, mm, every game matters. But, you know, sometimes you can't – if you if a good clubhouse will not blame it on one person, they'll back him up and say, hey, man, just, you know, next game and next play. And then – because that's, kind of, that's the kind of environment I think the O's can really have is just saying, you know what, it's a game, we're young, we'll get through this. Yeah, and definitely, like, the blame is not on him tonight. I mean, I think we should have scored more runs. Like I said, unfortunately, Mancini grounded out when the bases were loaded. Um, again, that run uh, rundown play in the first inning, you know, that was the whole team's fault. I, I blamed it on Cisco a little bit, but really anyone could have been screaming out, Bogarts is running. 
like let's prioritize getting the lead runner out and not letting them score. Um, so yeah. you know he wouldn't have even Tate would have never even come into game. And as you said, Valdez blowing the lead um, in the ninth inning. There were there were a lot of factors that really led to this loss. But that's the beauty of baseball is you know just go out again tomorrow and hopefully we can win. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping we can win because right now we're four and four. We're one and four in our last five games. Hopefully we don't go one and five. Um, you know, just staying above five hundred would be great. Going five and four, but right now sitting at four and four. What are we like second in the division, third, something like that? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure like tied for second. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I would have taken four and four if you would have told me we could be that um, before the season started. So. You know, there have definitely been some positives to take away. Um, and, of course, always in the player development, there's always positives to be taken away, um, you know, with the kind of analytics we have in our GM, or in our scouting department and our player development department. Um, yeah, I think there's just a lot of positives to be taken. Yeah, a lot, and, lot, um, yeah. A lot of positives. Let's just, and just build on them, and if there's mistakes, just learn from them. Yeah. Yeah, and here's AJ again with another good point. Um, Tyler Lel- Tyler Wells looks good, who is one of our uh, Rule 5 draft picks this year. And it makes losing Zach Pop, who was unfortunately taken from us by the Marlins in, uh, with one of their Rule 5 picks this year, um, it makes it a little easier losing him by seeing Tyler Wells pitch well, um, which I definitely agree with. But also, uh, Max Garoller has looked really great. And if you look at the advanced stats, um, Mike Petriello, wrote an early article a couple of days ago on through the first week who has looked, you know, who, which underrated relievers have really looked good through the beginning of the season, just throughout the whole MLB. And Max Garoller was one of the names on that list. And he's um, Ben McDonald's nephew. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. You learn something yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of promise there um, with a lot of our young arms as we were talking about. Um, but yeah, also jumping back to Tanner Scott, would you want him to be the closer over Valdez? Or is there another name who you would rather have in there? Be honest with you, Mike, I keep Valdez right now. At least give him like maybe a cup like a week or two. See. Maybe a week. I'm probably do a week, be safe. Um, if I put it but I would put Scott in there. Definitely it's my second choice, but don't I? I don't think we should pull Valdez and cut the and just pull the plug on him real on real quick. You know, give him because I think that's going to hurt his morale. And the last thing you want is just hurt someone's morale early in the season because it just kind of gives off a negative look, in my opinion. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I mean, for all he's been through, he had to play in you know kind of random leagues in Latin America. I'm not trying to diss those leagues, but they're not like the similar lifestyle of the MLB. Um, and after he had been to the MLB twice and then having to go down and play in other countries, and he's finally made it back and become the closer, I definitely see what you're saying about, you know, that could reduce his confidence. Mm-hmm. But I think from my standpoint, where I just see his skill set, is that because he doesn't throw that hard, you know, as they like to say, he has a bit of a rubber arm. And I feel like he could just be more useful as more of a long reliever, um, kind of a swingman type role, where Scott is kind of the guy who has that firepower. But, you know, Scott, as we've been saying, is still young and we need to be patient. So maybe the closer role can scare him a little bit and Valdez can just take it for now and handle the, you know, mental anguish of blowing a save. 
Yep, I totally understand. Totally agree. Um, if I had to mention one more thing, Mike, I would probably say, um, you know, I'm really liking Trey Mancini right now. And I would just going to keep my high hopes on him. You there, Mike? Ladies and gentlemen, um, Mike's internet cut out quickly. Um, just give us a brief moment for a technical difficulty. Thank you. Um, so continue the show. So to continue, um, I guess I'll go like this way so I can see the camera. Um, you know, the O's looked pretty good today, considering all the facts that they had. Um, hopefully they can just, you know, I, I mean, like I've been saying the whole show, build on this. Um, and you think of this as something to learn and something to build on. Um, you know, obviously they're one and four in their last five. The Red Sox are now five, won their last five games. So there's a lot to improve on for both sides. Um, you know, seeing the Red Sox winning their last five, starting off 0-3 against those, obviously getting swept the first series. And then seeing those struggle their last five games, you know, people can say, oh, this is a sign, you know, well, the O's expected to lose, not do too well. So you just got to put in a factor of, you know, that everything is going to be okay. And we just, it's still really early on. It's only eight games in. We got plenty more to go and just to keep that high hope that everything's going to be okay. And like Gary Thorne said, after the end of 2019, Patience, 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 and everything's going to be, you know, we just got to be patient with this team. They're young and everything else. I know it's, I know it can be frustrating working with a lot of, you know, with a very young team in terms of trusting them and, you know, building on them, seeing their confidence levels. Um, you know, Mount Castle has been playing pretty good right now. Um, Obviously, Rio Ruiz playing really good defensively. And then Stork coming back today from the um, injury list. Just seeing all those improvements coming on the team, you know, they can be really in benefit. They can be a factor later on the season. And hopefully that they, the Orioles, can, you know, next couple games, you know, hopefully tomorrow they can at least get a win and not, um, get swept by the Red Sox after we swept them the first series. So that will be huge. Um, yeah, but other than that, that's really what we can talk about. And as always, thank you very much for tuning into Birdland tonight and tune in tomorrow for the post-game show with Birdland tonight. Um, I believe I – don't, I do not know off the top of my head who's going to be filling in tomorrow for that. But as always, um, it's been great chatting with everyone. And um, thank you all for coming into Birdland tonight. And we looks like we got Mike back. It looks like he finally yeah. joined back. Um, Mike, I'm just I'm just finishing up the um, – I'll just telling everyone, you know, how building on patience with the team and just being patient with the young guys. Yeah, sorry. My button uh, was going a little crazy. It was just blanking all over the place. But uh, we're back in business. Um, and yeah, that's definitely going along with the theme that we've been
taking on this whole show. Um, I don't know what just happened there. But um, yeah, so, you know, the internet messed up a little bit there. But um, yeah, so what did you think of, um, uh, oh yeah, what did you think of Pucco's performance? I think he's been really great um, this whole season. I think he did pretty good. I, th- I liked how he did today. Um, I wasn't a fan of LeBlanc, though. I, I know I'm shifting gears. LeBlanc wasn't um um he he didn't look too good at the end, but I mean Plutko he's got a lot of talent and you know it's just I think it's just still new teams they're just trying to get in but you know I don't know I guess I, I was like I was like at the near that time when um he was in there I wasn't paying too much attention so I'm not really the best to interact with this but. I don't know. Like, what did you really think? Because I, I didn't want to give off, like, you know, I guess, like, I don't know what I'm looking to think of. Yeah. So what did you think of him? How did you think Plucko did today? Yeah, no, I thought he looked great. Um, he was definitely mixing up his speeds really well. And, yeah, I just think the whole season he's looked good. And, you know, the, as I was saying about what Valdez can be as a swingman, I really think he's fulfilled that role um, for us so far. And, you know, his ERA shows, I think it's still 0.00 right now. Um, and yeah, he's definitely helped us a lot. And, you know, he could have been really one of the key pieces to our win today. You know, that scoreless inning that he put in in the seventh inning, you know, really could have led to a very memorable win. Um, but yeah, I still think uh, that, you know, LeBlanc has a lot of room to improve on the season so far, but he has been rather consistent in his Orioles career. Um, and he had a great spring. So. I think, you know, let's just be a little patient, as we've been saying, and I think he'll have time to turn it around. Yeah, I'm just let's just hope that tomorrow they don't get swept. And obviously they already lost the series, but, you know, let's just hope we don't lose two series back-to-back with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah. All right, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great place to leave it off. Um, you know, Jorge Lopez will be going against the Red Sox tomorrow at uh, 1.05 p.m. And yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that game. I'm still excited for the season, you know, no matter what happens to see how everyone develops. Um, and yeah, just to have fans back, it's just a great experience watching the games. It just makes everything so much more meaningful as compared to last year. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about your uh, new podcast show really quick? Yes, yes, thank up? you. So I am starting a podcast called Sports Talk with Joe Chambers and what I'm doing is interviewing a bunch of people in the sports community. Hopefully I'll have some of the guys on from Birdland tonight, but I worked in division one basketball. I worked with a small school called Mount St. Mary's university and I've worked with a lot of college coaches. So now I'm going to talk about basketball. I want to talk about baseball and hopefully football and maybe even hockey, maybe golf, who knows, whatever I come across. I'm just going to be reaching out to people, see if they want to join. And one of the things I want to talk about is understanding how COVID changed the season but what's maybe what's been cha- the changes that we don't hear in the news, the stuff that like the really technical stuff, the advanced stuff that we don't know about and just learning about that through interviews. And I'll be having my first interview tomorrow and the podcast will be up on Monday with a buddy okay, of mine great. who I went to high school with, who was the equipment manager from the university of Maryland Terrapins football team. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That, that's definitely a very interesting role and in learning about all those technical aspects is, you know, really, really great and interesting. 
And yeah, definitely Absolutely. follow um, It's Joe Chambers on Twitter. And uh, yeah, just for me, all I have to plug is follow me at underscore Michael Vetter on Twitter. Um, you know, just tweeting about the Orioles and, you know, obviously love all those sports that you were talking about too. Um, you know, just tweeting about the DMV. And I have a couple blog posts on Utah Street Report about, um, you know, a couple previewing the season, but then also one reflecting on the 2010s and who was really the greatest Oriole that period. Um, and yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show today, Joe. Absolutely. And um, you can also follow me on Birds Watcher on Fansite. I write about the Orioles there too. Try to get about a post a week, maybe even more. Um, check out my latest post about John Means opening day starting performance. I wrote a little article about how he did and what my opinions were of his start. Great. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out too. And yeah, um, you know, definitely follow at Birdland Sports on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Um, definitely give some follows, subscribes, likes, whatever is appropriate for those platforms. Um, and you can always check us out on birdlandtonight.com. And as always, a lot of people will be listening to this via podcast, and you can check us out on all the you know podcast sites like Spotify, Apple Music, etc. And yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, keep up with us throughout the season, and go O's. Thanks, yes, Jeff. absolutely. No problem, Mike. Thank you very much. All right, have a good one. You too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.